welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today, we're talking about the Bureau of Fiscal Services Fiscal Service Challenge. So this is a challenge to its employees to come up with creative solutions and analytics to questions. And uh, we have with us Naomi Miller and Steve Keller to explain it and tell us all about it. And uh, it's yet another innovative fun activity coming out of the treasury so let's start the show hello and welcome to the podcast all right so today's episode is exciting we're speaking with the bureau of the fiscal service they have what they call the fiscal service challenge and uh, to talk about that today we have naomi and steve and i'll let them introduce themselves why don't we start off with naomi great thanks paul thanks for having us Um, So my name is Naomi Miller. I'm a management and program analyst here at the Bureau of Fiscal Service in the Office of Financial Innovation and Transformation. Awesome. Thanks again as well. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah. (laughs) No, thanks for inviting us. Um, It's nice to be able to talk about our favorite topic. (laughs) And today we can. I work also in the office of the Chief Data Officer. and we work on technology problems, we're mainly AI, machine learning, and also uh, providing data to the public. Awesome. Well, that's definitely our topic today. So maybe uh, Naomi can kick us off. Just give us a little bit of uh, background. You know, what is the Fiscal Service Challenge? Why did you all decide to, to do this? Well, the original purpose of this event was twofold. Number one, our, well, our two objectives were, number one, Uh, figuring out how we can do a better job engaging the talent across the enterprise to come together with a solution. And number two, figuring out how we can use an event like this to encourage workforce development, particularly around data analytics. So we started this fiscal service challenge as a single event, a single contest of sorts. And then I think the project team kind of got excited about it as we were developing it and realized the true potential of it. So instead of launching it as a single contest, we decided to launch it as a series of challenges. So there will be other challenges like this coming out in the future. Awesome. And uh, I I understand, Steve, that you also have a background in this, that you've done this other places. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. um... So I have a history in doing data competitions and in active learning. Um, active learning is what it sounds like. Active learning meaning like you're using actual projects to teach people and, and, and educate. Um, so my background would be I, I was into sports forecasting very early on when data science wasn't even termed data science. And then eventually the Netflix prize came out and that broadened. That kind of created a whole new genre of ways of doing applied math. Um, where which evolved into Kaggle, for example, which is Google's competitions platform. And I've been competing on there for a while. Um, we also did, so at the General Services Administration where I worked previously, we did a challenge on challenge.gov, which is a good website for people interested in engaging with government on any type of data challenge. There we did something called the Enterprise User License Agreement Challenge, which was interesting. And then also the Census, the Opportunity Project, we're participating in this year, and I've you know, I've helped judge in the past with that. It's another example for competitions for or, or just general engagement with the public on challenges. That's awesome. Yeah. So 
Well, good. Let's get into the specifics of this challenge. Um, again, maybe Naomi, do you want to kind of lay it out for us? What was what was exactly the challenge? Uh, you know, what were the rules? How did you do teams? You know, just give us a little overview of, of this particular challenge. Sure. Great. So basically, we put a question out to the organization and we said, how does 100% telework affect fiscal services carbon footprint? So we gave them three data sets around uh, on-site staff, commute, facilities, and then we basically said, if you want to pull in any other um, publicly data available information or make any creative assumptions, you, you know, that's, that's all fair game. So I think that's where we saw a lot of creativity come in. Um, when we put together teams, we said you can put together a team of up to three people, or you can ask us to put together a team for you, which was fun because we had over half the people say, I'd like to work with someone new. Uh, so we were able to pair up people from different parts of the organization. So essentially, this was only, only you know, fiscal service employees. Some of the examples that I thought were great that Steve gave of challenges he's worked on before have gone out, out to the public as well. But this, these challenges are specific to our current staff. Um, and we gave them four weeks to do their analysis, provide insights and recommendations. And they could essentially share with us whatever they wanted. It could just be a dashboard. It could be a PowerPoint presentation. It could be a Word document. So we kind of left it up to them. We didn't want to put a lot of parameters around it because we just wanted them to do what they felt was the best way to represent their analysis. And a couple of follow-ups. Um, I guess we'll stick with Naomi here or Steve if you want to jump in. But so what uh, you said this was open to all, any employee in, in, in BFS. Um, you know, was there a particular type of person that joined some people that already knew data science or was it really just like anybody kind of signed up? What did you see there? We left it open. We wanted to see as we wanted to cast the net wide. So one of the things that we did is we said, you don't have to be a data scientist. You don't have to have a ton of experience in data analytics. And we actually offered various trainings in, in Microsoft Power BI which is a user-friendly tool that can be used for data analysis and visualization. Uh, so it gives people kind of the basics of how to get started. And we also assigned like an individual data uh, person to each team as a mentor. So if each team was put, you know, didn't have a ton of data experience or had questions on how to use some of the tools, they had that you know, experienced person behind them helping them. So it was really interesting because I think over half of the people that signed up did not have anything more than two years of two years or less of data experience. So we got just such a wide variety of people that were interested, and we were pretty pleased with that. Yeah, and could the you trainings tell, were a big part of it. Yeah, I mentioned that. Oh, Steve. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, tell us more about the training, Steve, about Power BI or any, any other tools you guys train folks on. I'd like to hear about that. To, like going back to the active learning uh, situation, well, one of the things that we're trying to do internally, we are doing right now, is we're planning to create a treasury, uh, sort of a data university internally. Um, so the, the, this is an opportunity for us to launch some examples of training courses. And our goal is to have a big funnel where anybody can learn. Um, data isn't something that just you just have to have a applied math degree and a master or a PhD 
it's something that really anybody can learn. And in fact, I have friends now I've helped um, who are really interested in learning this that I work with, you know, all the time, and they, they're already getting really good at this field. Um, so that's something we want to do internally in the treasury as well, is make sure anybody who wants to learn can upskill in. So that we offered two trainings, as Naomi said, and the idea would be that if people joined and just did the training, for us, that's a success. We, we actually thought of that as a huge win. That's one of our engagement metrics that we were tracking. Um, and we actually had a lot of people sign up just to do the trainings, and they didn't have time to do the whole contest. Um, but that was that was fascinating. The other part was getting the data itself was a, was a learning lesson for our team because um, we have to deal with privacy issues with the data that we're, we're pulling. We also had to, you know, work out – in other words, if we're pulling data internally on our buildings and our energy usage and our commuter distances or whatever, those are – you know, those those could be essentially data sets that, you know, could, could break privacy agreements or just, you know, things you don't want to publish. Um, so we had to go through and really make sure that everything we did was – was totally safe. Everything was was anonymized, um, and then we all had to work through internally. We had to learn how to how to find the data and the problems internally that were the most wanted to be solved. Um, that's that's a big part of it, right? And then yeah, let's stick with Steve. I want to ask you then. So you know, how was this judged, and what were the results of the uh, of the challenge? Well, that was the the. the one of the things that we were doing was trying to learn from this to teach ourselves how we can run these annually um, and also efficiently. So we, we kept the first one fairly open to a lot of different, so we, as we said, also like we, we had, anybody could submit, you know, we had a very specific set of things we would want, but it was pretty broad. Like you could submit essentially a dashboard. Um, you could submit a PowerPoint. You could submit all sorts of things, but, you, we, we, on our end, we would kind of judge them based on a series of criterion. Uh, so the two big realizations we had up front was one that this is a great opportunity to synthesize reports into a single document. So in other words, we just got 16 or 20 or so res responses that were very well put together. Everyone did a good job actually, um, as expected. Um, but we realized that's a great opportunity for us to kind of synthesize that result into an actual a meta study or a lit review or something that would actually be canonical uh, on this topic so that we didn't have, tw you know, essentially 20 different answers potentially. Um, and, and the other side of it was we had so many submissions. We all, so the second part is we had so many, we actually didn't, we really thought we needed to audit the results a bit and recreate them and even use it kind of create our own submission essentially from a research perspective to make sure that we had a great starting point for when leadership or your company. So if you were doing this at home yourself or some other agency, if you were using, if you're, if you're gonna actually use the learning that happened, if everyone's gonna get together and team up and try to solve a problem, you probably do need to create a single source of truth and, and, and then turn that into a decision document. And of course, you know, give, give credit where credit's due. Everybody involved helped get, help everyone involved helped get somewhere on the project. So that was a big part of it. Also, um, it's a hard challenge. This, this was a very hard challenge. We actually gave three data sets that were not, that were not obvious how to join up. Um, they had to make a lot of assumptions and conversion factors and standards. There's a lot of conversion factors used in going from, let's say, um, CO2 emissions to how many trees a forest might be cut down per annum or how to make recommendations on how to improve going forward. It was actually a really hard challenge. People did a really good job. That's great. 
Well, maybe Naomi, uh, you can answer this one or you can pass it to Steve. That's fine. But I was just curious, you know, what were some characteristics of the best submissions? You know, the top three or four, what, what made them winners, I guess? that we weighed in heavily when we were judging it and when our executives looked at it the executive judging panel is we were looking for the submission to tell a story. So, um, you know, you can put together data, you can come up with a metric, you can put a line on a chart, but unless there's like a story that you tell with it, like what did this tell you? What's the insight that you drew from it? And then what could be the follow-on recommendation? Um, it is, it's not quite as meaningful. So some of the best uh, missions that we saw were ones that put it in that context, that really kind of took the raw data and was able to tell a story with both their analysis and their recommendations. And Steve, you might also have, did you want to add on in, to any of that from your observations? Yeah, and you, you'll remember this, Naomi. There, there were some submissions where people would actually, I kind of hinted, I kind of gave it away a little bit earlier, but people would say cool things like, here's the number of trees or forests we're cutting down and or equivalently, if you will, or different types of uh, comparisons that were more visually um, just great learning aids for somebody who's reading it and trying to make a decision. Also, one thing that came through too, were people, uh, especially this came up a lot during office hours, people were figuring things out about where things are being done and how people were really starting to make the consulting leap in, into the decision process really early on. And people, uh, some in some cases, um, people presented really interesting decision possibilities and outcomes, and that's. The, I feel like that would be the, you know, you have to tell this compelling narrative. You you show this, this great, almost you know, you're using language and literature to, to help tell your story and pictures. Um, but then in the end, you're also getting a, a decision point and making the decision as clear as possible for the, uh, for leadership. And I thought that was really an interesting aspect of what we saw. Yeah, and Steve, let me follow up. So obviously, back to work is happening at some point around here. Uh, they've talked about, you know, still teleworking, but maybe some real hybrid or flexible approaches to that. Do you feel that folks maybe, you know, in collaborating on in this challenge that they kind of learned how to use all those telework tools available to them and different places to share information or how did that go? 100%. Um, it's, it was, I was, I thought, and I'm not, I think we actually discussed this internally a little bit. Um, there was, we were a little concerned about running a contest like this or anything, frankly, any kind of brainstorming, maybe everyone can identify with this listening. When you're running any kind of brainstorming sessions or creativity sessions or innovation opportunities, it's really hard to do online, or at least it used to be. It's actually gotten a lot easier with these tools that are available now. Um, there's a ton of open source or, or, you know, tools that we use internally that make it, it, it feels a lot like it used to feel when we were in, in when we do whiteboarding sessions or, or whatnot, or, or online education. Actually, to be honest with you, I think our engagement might be higher in some cases because people can kind of do this as they need to record things even. And I think in our case, um, we actually recorded some, some uh, education lessons um, and, and how to get started lessons. And I think those were used a lot. I, so there was a lot of opportunities to use all the technology to its max, and it made it a lot easier. Go ahead, Norman. Yeah, and I think even our winning team was saying one of the things that they actually learned from this 
was, you know, besides, you know, expanding their knowledge and their ability to use some of these data analytics tools, was using the full suite of the Microsoft tools that were available to them and all the collaboration tools that were available to them they hadn't used to run projects before. So they kind of dabbled in a way and learned how to use some of these other collaboration tools as well, which wasn't um, when the initial objectives, but it's so fun to hear. Yeah, that's great. No, I think this will definitely serve folks as we move into the new normal. And uh, no, that's that's awesome. So um, I think, Naomi, I want to go with you here again. Maybe you can, again, Steve can jump in after. But so what are you all thinking for the future here? You know, what are maybe uh, some other areas you'd like to do challenges or even some tools you'd like people to learn about and experiment with? Yeah. So we did do some surveys of the participants just to kind of understand, because we were making a lot of assumptions about why they participated. <laughs> um, some of the feedback that we got about their motivations to participate will definitely be leveraged for future events. They were definitely drawn in by the opportunities for training. They were drawn in by the opportunities to work with people across the organization that they either hadn't met or worked with before. Um, and they were also very interested on the opportunity to present something that might have an impact on policy. So those were three interesting insights that I think will help us derive um, some interesting challenges in the future. As far as what we design for the future, it could be other data challenges like this where there's a research question in another part of the organization where we can kind of pull together data sets and do another kind of data challenge like this. We can also, I can even envision coming up with similar challenges where we pull people in for a single day event to do some prototyping um, around the, the actual design of a solution. So this just could go in so many different directions. And I know Steve has some other creative thoughts on that too. Yeah, this met this exceeded our expectations. Um, a lot of the one of the things that we learned is, you know, again, this was an a lot of ways we want to extend this into an education opportunity, you know, for the actual bureau itself. Um, so one of the things that we've done is we've kind of started setting up that funnel for how we're going to set up trainings going forward. Um, you know, how do we actually make active learning a part of our training? So, for example instead of having, you know, persona-based education where you have, oh, you're an accountant, you're, you're a data scientist, you're this. We're, what we're thinking about doing is 101, 201, the college education, right? You have, you come in, you don't know anything. You take some classes on Power BI. You take, maybe you do a, maybe you do with a fiscal data challenge. We, we, you know, it's part of the requirements for the certification. And you're, you've got your intro level certification. And then, you know, in the future, what we want to do is we also want to upskill people and provide a pipeline to learn Python to learn how to use Jupyter Notebooks, which are places where people can code and see analytics right up front as they're working. Um, but it would be, our, you know, our ultimate dream is to be able to take anybody who wants to learn any of these skill sets and make it easy for them to do so. And, it's, and again, it's, these days, things are a lot easier than they were 10 years ago, a lot easier than they were 20 years ago. Um, it's actually, I used to joke with my bosses, it's a pleasure to do some of this stuff now because of the tools are so much easier than they were even a decade ago. So it's the hope is that we can like take things like this and create opportunities for people to learn new skill sets 
where whatever they are, frankly, it doesn't have to be just in the realm of analytics, as Naomi said. We could also do things like, you know, a process process improvement um, or other things. So that that's kind of where the future is looking. Is we're hoping to set up, you know, contests and education opportunities. Right. Yeah. And I I really like what I really like about this is that you know this is for your employees, your government staff to really learn new skills, get tech savvy, have fun with their job too, right? So it's, um, you know, I feel like Treasury has really been innovative in things like this. You know, you got Treasury Fit, you got the Chief Data Office doing all kinds of really cool analytics. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I say congrats to you all for doing this, and I hope other agencies will uh, jump on board with similar things if they're not already doing them. So, so yeah, I think my final um, question for you both, uh, maybe you guys can give us just – Anything else you wanted to cover or just like a final thought, maybe encouraging others to to do this kind of thing? So maybe, Naomi, you want to give us some final thoughts there? Sure. Actually, we've seen other organizations start to put their, you know, put their toe in the water with this, mostly going out uh, externally um, to the public. Um, I think I even saw something with FDIC Tech do something internally recently. So we're seeing more and more of this. So maybe there's just an opportunity to learn from those that have uh, have experimented. So I think we've all seen, you know, we've gotten we've all gotten different insights from our um, our initiatives. And Steve, you want to give us some of your uh, your final thoughts too? Yeah, um, you know, if this was a proof of concept, I would say that we learned that one competitions are a great place to showcase work and capabilities it's a great place to develop new skills and to collaborate which was a huge aspect of this as well a lot of you know our final teams didn't even know each other at all going into this um one thing i i will say too is it seems you know when you're balancing the difference between a larger contest and a smaller contest i would say keep in mind that with, with the technology that's available now and there are a lot of capa- a lot of possibilities with challenge.gov, like I said earlier, Kegel.com, or, or or even just internally with Teams and just using SharePoint well or whatever you use internally. The larger the contest, you're going to harvest a lot more collective learning. So some individuals might try to use industry trends or other clever solutions. So one group might use, or one group might just be used to using a certain type of an analytics capability that other teams aren't, and it's a great opportunity to share that collective learning. And also to learn industry trends really well as they as they come out of a large group of people working on a problem. Um, a last last observation really is if you give people good data, interesting problems, and the resources needed, you're going to get great content out of it. So if you're ever wondering if you're trying to start a data science challenge, get the best data you can, come up with an interesting problem to solve even if it's a little far out and then also get the re and, and provide as much resources as you can, including training, you're going to get a great outcome. We're looking yeah. forward to doing more of these in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm guessing this is all internal for fun kind of thing, but I would have loved to have seen, uh, you know, what solutions these folks came up with. Is that something in the future? Maybe you guys could do little white papers or something. It sounded pretty, very interesting. We can, we actually do. We did consolidate it into a report. We're thinking about it now. We're we're looking into it. Um, yeah, it's, it's on the horizon potentially. We're, we'll see. 
Yeah, no, I'd love to see that. Yeah, and getting, you know, other, I mean, I think, you know, EPA, I mean, there's all, obviously this is a huge real issue and question. So I I hope other agencies and take it up and and do some research on this. So yeah, this is awesome. Well, again, Naomi and Steve, I really appreciate you joining us today. I thought this was a great topic and I'm hoping uh, we inspired some other folks to do something similar. So thanks again for joining us. That's the show. Thanks for listening. AGACGFN.org for all your AGA needs, for all your AGA podcasts. We've been recording, have a whole bunch lined up coming up here next, so stay tuned as always. But until next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA. AGA.